0: Throughout the Bible, we get various pictures of the throne of God and the one who sits on it. Today, we will look at the throne of God in scripture to get a good picture of what it is like and what it means to us today. Hi, this is Robert Furrow and welcome to Hot Topics. The comment section is open below. If you have more questions about the throne of God or you have something to add, then add it down below. Revelation chapter four, starting in verse two, gives us a picture of the throne room with the throne in the center of it. It says immediately I was in the spirit and behold, a throne set in heaven and one sat on the throne and he who sat there was like Jasper and Sardis stone in appearance. And there was a rainbow around the throne in the appearance like an emerald. So we see the throne of God and we see these jewels spoken of as glistening on the throne representing the glory of God. No wonder it says, and behold, this would be a sight to behold God on his throne. Now, the Bible has a lot to say about God's throne, what he does from his throne, what his throne means to us. Let's look at seven things the Bible says about the throne of God. Number one, Psalms 11, four and five, we see God active on his throne. It says the Lord is in his holy temple. The Lord's throne is in heaven. His eyes, behold, his eyelids test the sons of men. The Lord tests the righteous, but the wicked and those who love violence, his soul hates. So as God is on the throne, it speaks of him testing the righteous. God is not passively on his throne, but he's testing us so that we can know where we're at. But also it says, but the wicked and the one who hates violence, his soul hates. And you might say, well, I thought God loves everyone. Well, there's another passage that says, God began to hate those who were wicked. So once men commit themselves to wickedness and they turn away from the light that they have been given, then God begins to hate them. But all of this is taking place while God is on his throne. He certainly didn't set things in motion, sit down in his throne and then just let things happen. He is actively involved. Number two, Psalms 97 through 10 says, we see God even today judging from his throne. It says, But the Lord shall endure forever. He has prepared his throne for judgment. He shall judge the world in righteousness, and he shall administer judgment for the people in uprightness. The Lord also will be a refuge for the oppressed, a refuge in times of trouble. And those who know your name will put their trust in you. For you, Lord, have not forsaken those who seek you. What a statement that his throne is a throne of judgment. But also from his throne, he gives grace in times of trouble. He meets those who call out to him, but he judges people. We see in the Bible, God judging Nineveh. We see him judging some other places. I believe God from his throne today is judging people and organizations and countries. God is sitting on his throne, both helping and judging. Psalms 45, six and seven tells us that God's throne will never end. It says, Your throne, O God, is forever and ever. A scepter of righteousness is the scepter of your kingdom. You love righteousness and hate wickedness. Therefore, God, your God, has anointed you with the oil of gladness more than your companions. God's throne will last forever. God will never be unseated. Hebrews 4, 15 and 16 tell us that we have access to the throne of God. It says, For we do not have a high priest who cannot sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted as we are, yet without sin. Let us therefore come boldly to the throne of grace, that we may obtain mercy and find grace to help in a time of need. Yes, judgment comes from the throne, but we who are in Christ have boldness that we can come to the throne of grace to receive help in a time of need. We have access. What an amazing thing for a genuine Christian that in the midst of our struggle and our difficulty, we can go boldly to that throne. The fifth thing the Bible tells us about the throne of God in Isaiah 6:1 is that the throne of God is high and lifted up. This means it's above the world, it's above man's rules, it's above man's laws. In fact, listen to what it says. In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of his robe filled the temple. He would go on to say, Woe is me, for I am undone, for I am a man of unclean lips. And an angel in the throne room takes a coal from the altar and touches his lips and cleanses him. When Isaiah sees God high and lifted up, then he also sees his own lowliness. The more we see God, the more we realize who we really are and how we really need him. And when we do that, God cleanses us. What a great picture. The sixth thing the Bible tells us about God's throne is that God reigns over the nations from his throne. Listen to Psalms 47, seven and eight. For God is the king of all of the earth. Sing praises with understanding. God reigns over the nation. God sits on his holy throne. Sometimes when we see the world around us and there are events that take place and we feel like we are just resolved to let things be as they are, we need to know that God ultimately is in charge and everyone will answer to God and he will repay those that are doing evil. God ultimately is in charge. He's given man free will and man can make his choices. But that doesn't mean that God's not going to judge us for our choices with our free will. We can do good or we can do evil. We can be blessed by God or we will be judged by God. The final thing that we learn about God's throne is that God oversees angels from his throne. This is so interesting. Psalms 103, 19. The Lord has established his throne in the heaven and his kingdom rules over all. Bless the Lord, you his angels, who excel in strength, who do his word, heeding the voice of the word. Bless the Lord, all you his hosts, you ministers of his, who do his pleasure. That is, from the throne, he allows angels to work with him, even in the affairs of men. It says in the first chapter of Hebrews, are these not ministering spirits sent to minister to those that have been given life? So angels work with us behind the scenes and they are doing God's bidding according to Psalms 103. Let's consider a couple other visions of God's throne in the Bible. In 1 Kings 22:19, we see the throne of God for the very first time. It says, then Micaiah said, Therefore hear the word of the Lord. I saw the Lord sitting on his throne and all the hosts of heaven standing by in his right hand and on his left. So this tells us God's on his throne and the host of angels are all around him. Now there's all kinds of different angels. There's cherubim and there's seraphim. There's the archangel Michael. There's Gabriel, who always stands in the presence of God. But all the angels are standing around the throne. Earlier, I talked about Isaiah seeing the Lord high and lifted up. We learn more about the throne room here. It says, starting in Isaiah 6.1, In the year that King Uzziah died, I saw the Lord sitting on a throne, high and lifted up, and the train of His robe filled the temple. This would speak of His glory. Above it stood seraphim, each one had six wings, with two he covered his face, and with two he covered his feet, and with two he flew. And one cried to the other, saying, Holy, holy, holy is the Lord of hosts, the whole earth is full of his glory. And the posts of the door were shaken by the voice of him who cried out, and the house was filled with smoke. So I said, Woe is me, for I am undone, because I am a man of unclean lips. And I dwell in the midst of a people of unclean lips, for my eyes have seen the King, the Lord of hosts. Then one of the seraphim flew to me, having in his hand a live coal that was taken with the tongs from the altar. An altar is where sacrifices were made. And so it seems in the throne room there's an altar. And he touched my mouth with it and said, Behold, this has touched your lips. Your iniquity is taken away and your sin is purged. Here again, we see that when we see God high and lifted up, we immediately think of our own shortcomings, but God is the one that can help us with that. Daniel 7, 9 through 10 has another picture of the throne in the Old Testament. It says, I watched till thrones were put in place. Notice the word thrones. We saw that in Revelation chapter 4. There was the throne of God and there were 24 thrones around it. I watched, it says, till thrones were put in place, and the Ancient of Days was seated. This would be the Father. And remember, this is the Old Testament. This is the book of Daniel. It says, His garment was white as snow. His hair and his head were like pure wool. His throne was a fiery flame, its wheels a burning fire, and a fiery stream issued and came forth from before him. So this is a chariot throne. This has wheels and it has fire. It says a thousand thousands ministered to him. Ten thousands times ten thousand stood before him. Ten thousand times ten thousand is a hundred million. The court was seated and the books were opened. So this vision in Daniel chapter seven is not just any vision. It's the last days. And, and a hundred million angels are singing, and the books are opened. And then this happens. This is Daniel seven, thirteen and fourteen. Again, this is in the old testament. I was watching in the night vision, and behold, one like the Son of Man coming with the clouds of heaven. He came to the Ancient of Days, and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory in a kingdom, that all peoples, nations, languages should serve him. His dominion is an everlasting dominion, which shall not pass away, and his kingdom the one which shall not be destroyed. So we see, first of all, the Ancient of Days take his throne, and then we see the Son of Man coming on the clouds and receiving a kingdom that will last forever in the Old Testament in Daniel chapter seven. This is why when Jesus calls himself the Son of Man, he is saying that he is God who will eventually receive a kingdom that will last forever. We have another vision of the throne room, which is really interesting in Ezekiel 1, 26 through 28. It says, and above the firmament over their heads was the likeness of a throne in appearance. So the first thing that it does is give this picture of the cherubim and they have four faces and multi wings and they're on each corner of the throne of God. And there's a wheel inside of a wheel that is by each one of these angels. And when the angels move up, the wheels move up and the wheels are full of eyes all around and may well represent the Holy Spirit, or may represent the angel's ability to see everything because they're looking in every direction. It goes on to say that this throne, in appearance like sapphire stone, on the likeness of the throne was a likeness with the appearance of a man high above it. Also, from the appearance of his waist and upwards, I saw, as it were, the color of amber with the appearance of fire all around within it. And from the appearance of his waist downward, I saw, as it were, the appearance of fire with brightness all around it, like the appearance of a rainbow in a cloud on a rainy day. So was the appearance of the brightness all around it. This was the appearance of the likeness of the glory of the Lord. So when I saw it, I fell on my face, and I heard a voice of one speaking." Now here, Ezekiel sees God's throne and his glory and identifies it as his glory. There is the glory of God, which no one can see and live. There is the glory of God that is ultimately revealed up on the throne. The glory of God is revealed in creation, but it is nothing like what we will see when we see God on His throne. May we remember that God blesses, and God judges from his throne. May we remember that we can go boldly to the throne to find grace to help in a time of need. I hope this video has been a help to you. We'll see you next time on Hot Topics.